Just a heads up that in this podcast, you'll hear young people talking about what it was like for them when their mental health wasn't at its best. If you or someone you know needs support, visit headspace.org.au where there are heaps of different ways to connect with someone who can listen, answer your questions and help. Plus, there's a big list of other services you could try like Lifeline or Kids Helpline in our show notes. What kind of questions would those around you ask about why you were doing what you were doing? Just why you getting up so late? Um, why aren't you doing anything with your life, which was a main one. When someone says something like that, why aren't you doing anything with your life? What's going on for you? Um, it's It just makes me as a person feel um, shitty, open language, because I can't explain to them because I'm... Um, I'd just get, I'd just cry about it and then make a whole big deal and I don't want other people worrying. My biggest worry is they'd see me as weak. As a guy, we have that stigma how we can't be portrayed as sensitive or we have to be strong. Hang on, what was that word? Did I hear stigma? Is it still a thing when we're talking about mental health? Well, pretty much everyone I spoke to for the podcast thought it was getting better. But is there sneaky stigma? Stuff that we all say and do that we don't realise has an impact on others. Hey, it's Penny Terry here. And on this episode of Get Psyched, we're talking about judgment. And chances are we're all going to feel a little uncomfortable and we might even get defensive because we're going to hear about some of the things that we've probably all said and maybe even posted online that might make others feel judged. And it can happen even when we're trying to help. Like young people and like staying home from school and stuff, it's majority of people probably think that they are just slacking off when there's a lot of the times it's more than that. It's a lot deeper and it's a lot more going behind in people's minds and stuff that people don't realise. When you say people, who, who, what kind of people don't understand? I think a lot of teachers, like when you're not in class and stuff and you go there and you're just like, yeah, they, you kind of do feel a bit judged and with other students and stuff. But, yeah, I think doing this will, if they listen, then they'll bring awareness that there is a lot more going on with their students and especially parents as well and yeah. Now I could understand if there's a bit of that defensive stuff happening already and this could be hard to hear because it kind of sounds like there's an expectation that we have to be everything to everyone but I heard something else I wonder if what Shana, who is the voice you just heard, is talking about is not needing everyone to be her therapist, but just needing people to be a bit more curious before making a judgment. Now that feels easier, or is it? At a particularly tricky time in Lissa's life, she heard judgments everywhere, even when they might not have been intended. 
people saying like attention seeking like that really shits me to tears like it frustrated me so much like you'd come to school you'd be so tired because you haven't slept and people would be like oh you just sat up all night and now you're being attention seeking like hell no <laughs> like I don't you don't see me at home you don't see me outside of the six hours that are at school together um just really annoys me that like you would think that I would go this far to get attention and like the amount that I have to deal with to even be here right now and you're like oh you're just being attention seeking like you know you just want this person to notice you like that's honestly I do not want anyone to notice me like I want to go below the radar as much as possible like people saying attention seeking just really annoys me. (laughs) How common was it? How often did you get that? Um, Particularly like during like uh, my phase of like self-harming and stuff, everyone was like, nah, you don't need to do that. Like, you know, it's the wrong thing. You're just doing it for attention. Like I would get that daily through high school. And it was just like, I'm not walking around parading it. Like I'm wearing long sleeves and they're like, no, you're wearing long sleeves because you want people to know like it's a hot day. You're wearing long sleeves. Like it's going to stand out. And I'm like, I don't have this much energy to think this through, to be like, oh, I'm going to do this so someone notices me. Like, What happened if you ever tried to explain the self-harm to anyone? Oh, it was just like it was people just unless they've been through it, I just really don't think you can understand. Um, But trying to explain it to anybody else, they were just like, why would you want to do that? Like it makes absolutely no sense. Um, You know, there's so many other things you could be doing. Like that's just so stupid. And then you just feel even worse about yourself and then it contributes even more and then, yeah. What do you think would have helped um, if people noticed you were self-harming? What what could be a good way to, to talk to you about it? I just think people like, you know, you don't have to necessarily acknowledge the self-harm itself, but just like, as we've mentioned before, like just asking if you're okay. Um, you know, people can come across sometimes as like wanting to get the gossip, like, oh, like, why are you doing that? Like, you know, what's happened here? As opposed to just being like, you know, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Like, is there someone that you need to talk to as opposed to being like, oh, what happened? Like, why are you doing this? And making it like a scandal. Now, there's some big stuff in here. Self-harm is a complex topic. And we'll talk about it a bit more with a mental health professional in a moment. But where this conversation started was about judgment. And, you know, I wonder what judgments you've had about self-harm. We'll get back to that, but there are some other throwaway sentences that we just say that can have a big impact. Um, Everyone sees that you're playing a victim or you're doing it for attention or um, that sort of thing, like telling me just to get over it or it's all in your head. The the reoccurring, I don't like low and high Ella, I I like normal Ella. It's like I'm sorry, I can't do that for you right now. Oh, gosh, I'm always walking on eggshells around you. Or, um, well, just go to bed earlier if you're tired. Um, So really quick um, problem-solving sort of comments. Um, Well, that's your choice, isn't it? Um, Well, don't go on your social media. 
close your Facebook account, you know, all those kinds of things, which are, I guess, a solution. But often for young people, it's just a lot more complicated than that. And they miss the opportunity to, I suppose, coach their young person through um, their feelings and thoughts around a difficult situation. Do we kind of just want them to get get over it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, But I I think that's not necessarily that um, we think that their problem is small. It's just that usually we are driven by our own um, anxiety or worry about our young person. So that's why we want to push our young person through it. Like, come on, let's just solve this because I'm really uncomfortable too. Um, and I'm really worried about this. But but I think some tips through these kinds of issues is to actually be more curious. So um, ask questions rather than give solutions and also go really slowly. Be mindful of your own um, emotional responses. Um, for example, it might be that you need to actually walk away and take a break before you respond um, because then we often find that we, we uh, make more considered responses rather than reactive statements. Any of that sound familiar? Okay, so I think you might have guessed that the psychoeducation part of the podcast has started. That last voice you heard is mental health clinician Caroline Thane, who's begun giving us the heads up of what's happening in our heads and some things that we can try. Another clinician that we've got to know throughout this series is Danielle Jackson from Headspace. And there was a real penny-dropping moment for me when Danielle brought up another reason of why it's important to be aware of judgmental language and just how often it comes out when we talk. Yeah, because even if you're talking about someone else, um, the people around you will be taking that in, that that's how you think about that. So, you know, yeah, a young person might even sort of test you. They might talk about what their friend's done or, or if they are talking about what their friend's doing, you judge their friend too harshly, they'll go mental note I can't really talk about that um (laughs) wow that's tough that's tough for other people yeah so I guess just trying to watch the judgmental language where you can we're all human we all make judgments but yeah trying to pull it back when we can how do we talk to young people about changes that we've noticed in their behavior without that judgmental language or without them feeling like they're a burden Mm -hmm. yeah definitely will depend on the relationship you have with the person but Um, A good check-in is to avoid always, never those absolute words of saying you're always up late or, you know, that that comes across quite accusing. You never get to school on time. Yeah, you never do. But if you give a specific example of, say, twice this week I noticed you missed the bus and you were still in bed, let's have a chat about what's happening with your sleep, you know. So using a specific example of what you've seen in the behavior and making it about the behavior rather than the person so externalizing that a bit so they don't feel attacked or like they're doing the wrong thing I guess I'm giving them permission to talk and and checking in and a bit of role modeling of it of yeah like not sharing your issues with the young person but checking in about how you feel about something as well is a a healthy thing to do so I guess you know talking about feelings is on the table that you're not going to get shut down I'm trying not to tell people to cheer up or you know people don't necessarily say those words exactly but sometimes young people might feel they got the message to you know have a cup of concrete or get over it or move on so trying not to move people into the problem solving too quickly like allowing space to talk about the stressful thing or 
the heavy thing because that's a common thing I do hear from young people that their parents or their partner or friends might try and move them on in what feels too quickly but um, I think the other side is your your family and friends don't like to see you struggle so they're trying to come up with band-aids or fixes for you and um, yeah that can be tricky if you don't allow people enough time to sit in the problem a little bit before they're then ready to move to that next part about what do I do about it. It's all complicated because it's usually coming from a good place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I I think that definitely comes up around when people are managing self-harm as well. Parents might panic and um, get angry, like a a fear response kicks in because they don't understand what's happening. So they might feel tempted to sort of punish the young person or tell them off for it. Um, But yeah, a more helpful response is to ask a bit more about it and create some safety in talking about it that says oh, I know you're struggling with this and I want to talk to you about it more but it's really hard for people to contain their own reactions if they're stressed about what's happening for their young person. Understandably yeah. yeah. What do we know about self-harm and why people do it? Um, well I guess what we know about it is that it's a, um, a coping technique so it doesn't necessarily mean that someone is thinking about ending their life it might be a way they're experimenting with to cope with distress I guess people might do it for different reasons, so trying to vent different feelings. So sometimes people do it when they're sad or when they're angry, if they feel numb sometimes, yeah. I guess that's a strategy that might in the end be unhelpful. What are some helpful strategies that we, that, that work uh, to help us cope with all sorts of things? Uh, yeah, so I think things like building up like Um, other sensory techniques that you find really helpful so finding out what sort of um, smells you find um, soothing um, tastes feelings so like fiddle toys and stuff like that like keeping your hands busy Um, distraction techniques um, what's an example of a distraction technique um, so it could be something like looking around the room for five different things listing them off to yourself if you're around people or out loud if you're by yourself uh, and then going back around the room and find another five things you can do like a listing technique so trying to come up with a list of um, a to z boys names girls names um, animals anything just that gets your mind off that track that you're on yeah so with distraction techniques you want to try them for like five to 15 minutes and then if the distressing thought's still there seeing if you can pick another distraction until you feel less distressed generally it will sort of pass within half an hour or just even finding an enjoyable you know something that's enjoyable for that person so whether it's they distract themselves by reading listening to music getting out for a walk messaging a friend and sometimes messaging a friend you're not going to say I'm really anxious right now but just saying what have you done today just finding out you know starting a conversation with someone else and not having to go through what's going going on in your mind can help. So now I'm trying to work out if a podcast about distraction techniques is a useful distraction technique. I think I'll leave that one up to you. Before we move on, if you or someone you know is self-harming, it can be really useful to get some professional help. You can check out headspace.org.au or call your local centre. And I've got heaps of other links in our show notes that might help. And we also know that the process of getting help can be tricky and we've got a whole episode coming up about that. Let's take this idea of feeling judged to another place because sometimes it's got nothing to do with what other people say. 
but it's what we're saying to ourselves. Let's get back to Liz. I think like a big reoccurring thing for me was like what you wear and like your body image. So particularly like when I was going through high school, if you have free dress days, it's like, oh my God, this is like a big deal. Like what the hell am I going to wear? You're like messaging your friends, like what are you going to wear? What are you wearing? And everyone's like, I don't know, why do you care? But like I just want to blend in. I don't want to stand out. Um, Similar thing, like now I'm getting older, like going to parties and things, like if it's – if I'm someone's plus one, I'm like, okay, I don't know anyone. Who am I going to ask what they're wearing? So then you have to like ask via your plus one and be like, can you please ask someone what they're wearing so we can get like a consensus going? So just like trying to like understand what's going to happen and like pre-plan was a really big thing for me. Um, And just, yeah, being so worried that someone's going to judge you. But in reality, like the people that you are worried are going to judge you I'm more often worried about how they look as well so they're that worried about themselves that they're actually not that worried about you and just being able to like put that into perspective and be like if I'm worried about the way I look someone else is probably worried about the way they look and we're all probably just worried about ourselves. For a while there I was at this like fairly big quite full dance studio and You'd see like the some of these people, and some of them are just the most amazing dancers. And you're there going, oh, like me, I've ended up in the back left hand corner for this group again because of who I am. It takes me just that little bit longer to pick things up, and I don't have the same look as that girl. She's so much. She looks prettier both when she dances and just in general. That's why they have her at the front. They've got me up the back because. I'm completely different in proportions and I can't do it quite right and I'm more likely to forget. They don't trust that I can do it, that sort of thing. And it was like horrible having this thing that you love so much being sort of like ripping it away from yourself. How have you learned to manage that stuff? The school was a competitive one. It went to competitions. The fact that I've gone to a dance company that is non-competitive is has been a lot better it takes away that bit of oh I need to be the best I can just be someone who wants to be there now this is Ella and I wonder if you've felt something like this this idea of feeling judged you know even sometimes when people haven't actually said anything turns out most of us have Let's check back in with Caroline Thane for the psychoeducation on this and see what's happening in our brain. Yeah, look, first of all, I think it's really, unfortunately, it's quite normal for our brains to worry about judgment and um, to judge. You know, I guess there are lots of tips and tricks with some of these sort of unhelpful thoughts that run around. One of them is, I think, um, because our brains like to problem solve, we like answers, But often if we get stuck in that, is it true or um, is it not, it actually perpetuates that um, round and round or that ruminating thought. So one little sort of helpful strategy I often talk to people about um, is asking yourself, are these thoughts that I'm having right now helpful or not? Not are they true or not? Um, because then it sometimes can help us just step back or unhook from some of that ruminating thought a little bit more easily. What might be an example? 
Um, so an example can be perhaps walking into your classroom, noticing that your mates are wearing clothes and you're, you've decided to wear something a little bit different and then you might get really stuck on, oh, my God, they're going to think oh, I look ridiculous. Um, everybody's looking at the top I'm wearing. I'm not wearing the right top. And then, of course, you look for evidence. So every time somebody might make eye contact with you or look in your direction that will perpetuate those thoughts. Oh my gosh, they really are looking at me. Look, that person just looked at me. (laughs) So I can go round and round and round. So an example would be, okay, this is really not helpful for me right now. I need to focus on my work. And of course, that sounds really simple and it's not that simple in practice, but it can help for those, I suppose, you know, to sometimes stem some of those intrusive thoughts that begin um, rather than getting stuck, as I said before, in that toing and froing of are they, are they not, sort of looking for the truth. So you're just saying, this is really unhelpful. Okay, I'm going to concentrate on what the teacher's saying. Distraction techniques. Yeah, a little bit. And I think, you know, there are lots, it's a cognitive strategy, I guess, which is a fancy word for saying a thinking strategy. (laughs) Um, So it's a way of managing your thoughts. But again, you know, if those things aren't working, those sort of day-to-day things aren't working, that's often a sign that you need to perhaps reach out and, and go and get some therapy. Now, there is something else that some young people find really unhelpful when it comes to judgment, and this isn't something that I brought up. It was Luke who first got us talking about it, and then Shana had a different experience, and so did Ella, and so did Liz. And I reckon you or someone you're worried about will have their own stuff when it comes to this, so let's get into it. I kind of feel like everyone is judging themselves based off what they see on social media. Um, That's such a huge thing now, people comparing themselves to others. Um, It's hard hard for someone just to be like, all right, I'm not going to compare myself to them. Can you remember a time when you would do that, where you'd scroll through your feeds, your news feeds, and what would be happening for you? Um, Yeah, like that would be a thing constantly if if I seen someone like, oh, I got my dream job or I met this person and I'm so happy with them and and that sort of thing like I'm sure it still comes up and now when people scroll through social media I always seen scrolling through social media as just depressing like I deleted my social medias I don't want to bother with that sort of stuff. Social media didn't really have that big of an effect on me um, but I have noticed that it has become a big stigma around mental health. And for me personally, like sometimes I would go on Facebook or something and see somebody else's negative posts and that would impact me, making me feel bad and stuff. And now like I don't often go on social media, but when I do see a negative post, I unfollow them or unfriend them because I don't want that in my life and that has helped me a lot and I think it can help a lot of people as well. Like I found myself getting annoyed when I'd see people 
post like a big string of things things and like a lot and I'd get a heap of that person's stuff on my feed and the fact that it annoyed me made me go it probably annoys other people I can't do that and I would like go to post something and go I only posted something like three days ago let 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 it wait don't post it do it. find another time when it's appropriate don't do that because people see it and they'll get annoyed and they won't want to won't want to bother with you and it was it and letting that go and going yeah I posted something two days ago well guess what something really cool happened and I took a really cool photo and I want to share it with my friends that they're actually not going to mind if they're your friends and if they're not it, no big deal yeah, I think social media is like a massive, um, like people just have a look and they go, oh, I want this part of this person's life and this part of this person's life and pick and choose. Like social media is not a catalogue, like you can't buy what's on there. And I just think it's really important that people who have social media, like just have the people that you care about. Like there's, I don't see the point in having like all these friends you've never met before having all these people um, that you're just looking into their life, like just have the people that you're generally interested in and that for me eliminates a lot of the, oh, I want this, I want that because I actually know the person. Was it hard to sort of do that sort out of your social media and unfollow people? Yeah, like just you definitely feel like a bit of a bitch to start with, like (laughs) Instagram stuff, people are like, oh, my God, I don't have as many followers whatever but, you know, you just have to do what's right for you and if you're sitting there going, oh, like, you know, I'm obsessing over this particular influencer or whatever, like just get rid of them. <laughs> Seriously, like it's you kind of feel shit about it to start with but once you then start going through your social media and you just see like pictures of your friends and, you know, what your family's doing, it's all things that you're generally interested in and that you actually want to see and it makes you feel better about going on social media. Wait, what was that? Feeling better about being on social media? Uh, yes, please. So that's what worked for Liz. And it might be reassuring to know that there are other things that you can start to do that might help without removing social media completely from your life. So you know what I did? I went and got you some free professional advice. What I did is I asked Caroline Thane, does social media come up a lot? And you know what she said? Oh my gosh, all the time. Um, I think, unfortunately, for young people who have grown up in this world of so much social media, so many different platforms to be on, I mean, it it has a a huge positive in that it connects people. Um, It can be a way of forming relationships. However, it is also a way of comparing yourself with other people. So it is a bit fraught. But again, the answer is not to shut it down altogether because we have to learn how to live in a world that is very much dominated by these things. And and as I said before, they're not all bad. Um, But again, it's about putting boundaries in place and really thinking about how can I stay connected to these people in a healthy way and also make sure it's not impacting on my mental health. What are some kinds of boundaries? First of all, I would think about how many social media platforms you need to be on and then it's about really really practical ideas around or first of all safety online safety is really important so privacy of your profile and all of those things are really really important but then you know there are other things like 
um, how much time am I spending on these platforms and putting boundaries around time. So another really helpful strategy can be actually putting those social media platforms that you feel like you need to maintain on a um, on your PC rather than them being on your phone, which is much more accessible. So perhaps you're at a school which allows you to, or a you know workplace that allows you to have access to your phone. Um, it can be helpful to take those those apps um, off your phone um, and then put them onto your to, onto a PC, for example, um, where you then have to actually make time to actually log in rather than it becoming this automatic um, reactive thing where you pick up your phone all the time and you're constantly looking at them. Um, So that can be a really handy strategy to have as well. Is it just me or has this episode been pretty self-reflective? It's not about making us feel guilty, but it's kind of the opposite, about making us feel empowered about what we can do to help others. And just on that, Ella has got another one. Having more spaces where you can go into, sit down, talk, and there be no no feeling of repercussions for what you've said. Like, say because of how I was feeling, I'd done something that was not a great thing. If you turn around and I had a space to go and say, hey, I did this not great thing, and the response was, ah, oh, crap, are you, are you okay? Rather than, how dare you do such a thing? It's like... Not having that for a long time was not great. And the good news? If you find a system that works, it can be great, as Shana knows. In college, I have had a better experience with that because I have close relationships with my teachers and so I talk to them just a little bit. So I would just email them or something and they would understand. They would know that I would do my work from home, but I just wouldn't be able to do it at school. So, how are you going? Do you think there might be some things that we can all do that might reduce the judgments that might accidentally be falling out of our mouths or we might be growing in our own heads? And a reminder again not to take individual mental health advice from a podcast. As the young people on this podcast have said and the clinicians Every person is different. There's a big list of resources and links in our show notes where you can get help. So, to our next episode. It was really confusing not knowing where these feelings came from. They just came out of nowhere and it's just like, well, well, what's going on? Yep, we're going to hear about that process of realising that you might have something going on with your mental health. My name is Penny Terry, and you've been listening to Get Psyched, a podcast from Headspace Launceston. This podcast is supported by funding from Primary Health Tasmania through the Australian Government Primary Health Networks Programme.